and welcome to episode 23 of Slaytanic Verkast, the internet's only comprehensive chronological retrospective of the world's greatest thrash metal band, the mighty Slayer. Each week we dissect a track from their back catalogue by playing through the song, analysing the lyrics and giving a final appraisal. I'm Mo from France and to my west, broadcasting from Kerry King's Survival Shelter, it's Dr. Lequescence. How you doing, Doc? I'm really, really okay. It, it's an interesting place, this is. Go on. Um, well, as one might expect, there are there's, there's a staggering pile of MREs to one side of me. Mm-hmm. He's tooled up. Um, and a, a, a great big gun rack to the other. Mm-hmm. Um, but there's no evidence of a, a, a satanic altar of sacrifice or, or, or even an inverted pentagram. Well, that's very, very disappointing, I must say. Are you saying he's all surface, all, all, all mouth but no trousers? Well, um, when we're done recording this evening, uh, my aim is to spend some time searching for the, the, the inevitable hidden panel um, that will slide away um, to, to reveal um, his, his, his satanic chamber behind it. Because I've always noticed, and this happens in, um, in spy films as well, particularly European James Bond film knockoffs, that people who already have a secret base full of things that they probably wouldn't want to, the rest of the world to know about, then have another hidden panel inside the secret base that's hidden behind a hidden panel. Of course. With, with something else that's hidden behind us. And I was scratching my head and going, why would you do that? You're just going to make life difficult for yourself in the long run. <laughs> it's, a, it, it, it's like a Russian doll, isn't it, basically? Layers upon layers. Yeah, so um, I'm assuming, like, once I found the Chamber of Satanic Evil, um, there'll be another hidden panel somewhere at the back of there that gives on to uh, probably like um, his, his, his Hello Kitty collection or something. <laughs> That's right. Did, did, did you see the footage, the dramatic footage from Washington, D.C., of, 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 of you know, the, the, the mob storming the Capitol building? And, and, and right at the heart of it was Kerry King himself. I'm assuming there's some irony going on there. Uh, well, I'm uh, assuming... in, in case Kerry King's lawyers are listening, of course I am being satirical. Uh, I, I thought we'd probably, probably better make that clear from the very beginning. Yeah, of course. Um, <clears throat> I, I, I did squint closely to see whether there were any uh, metal tattoos or metal insignia on display. Mm-hmm. Um, just, I suspected... just, just QAnon tattoos, I think, on, on this particular occasion. Although I think I did see a member of Leonard Skinner, but I could, have, I could be mistaken. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, um, only in that guy's mind, I'm afraid, owning a denim waistcoat and writing The South Will Rise left-handedly in Tipex on the back does not mean you're a member of Linus. So, so, sorry to break this to you. <laughs> um, sure. It doesn't like that. I want to talk to you today, Doc, about a video game called Bioshock. Um I'm playing it right now at the moment. Last time, I think I, I was talking about uh, Metro Last Light. I've moved on. I'm on to Bioshock now. Bioshock is regularly featured on best game of all time lists. Um, I have made a blundering, cack handed subhuman attempt to play Bioshock. Have you really? 
Yes, I have. Good for you, sir. Well, how did you find it? Um, well, an, an acquaintance of mine um, who knows me very well sort of introduced it to me um, by sort of saying, um, it, uh, it's great um, because the uh, the villains are basically um, objectivists and you get to kill lots of them. And it's like, yes! Mm. <laughs> and you were happy. What what platform did you play it on, Doc? And 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 the question everybody's on everybody's lips is how on earth did you use the controller with your with your god awful flippers? Um, the controller wasn't particularly a problem. Mm. Um, I've constructed numerous video game controllers um, for uh, according to specs that other people have given me. So um, I've made a couple of. Um, vaguely lifelike, I won't say realistic, but vaguely lifelike um, aircraft control simulators that people can clip onto their chairs. Mm -hmm. um, I've made um, at least one uh, for someone with a badly deformed right hand, or a, a, a badly, um, no, uh, um, how to say this without being really, really horribly offensive, including to the person in question who may even be listening. Um, a right hand that's been subjected to uh, some extreme blunt force trauma. Oh, God. Okay. Yes. Mm -hmm. um, so um, actually sort of get, getting a controller that um, I can sort of engage with a flipper uh, and then has a couple of other controls that I can manipulate with two of the smaller vestigial tentacles. Mm -hmm. that, that, that wasn't necessarily a problem. Um, I, I presume they're waterproof so that as, as, as your fluids drip onto them it causes no kind of electrical problem um no it's all very low voltage mm -hmm. um and um besides you can do marvelous stuff um with a a, a bumper pack of durex and um some um uh, cling film that well, that sounds like an absolutely fabulous saturday night um corrections observations and Additional information. I'm going to chuck something at you here, Doc. I've got a little uh, acronym for this. I want to call this section CHOW. Oh, Chow. Shall I tell you why? Go on. Correct. Uh, I'm going to say in French, correction, information additionnelle et observation. CHOW. Now you tell me if I'm being a prick. You're quite entitled to if you wish. Um, no, that's excellent. Um, so may we introduce this section from now on by saying chow time, motherfuckers. Chow time, motherfuckers. That's exactly what we're going to do now. Um, in, the, in the At Dawn They Sleep episode, we couldn't remember the vampire movie starring Catherine Deneuve and David Bowie. Do you remember? Right. Um, I can remember the incident. Still can't remember the film. Neither could I. I had to go to that uh, repository of all movie knowledge, IMDb. It was, of course, the 1983 erotically charged vampire movie, The Hunger, directed by the late, great Tony Scott. Definitely seen it. Can't really remember much about it. I think I quite liked it. Yeah, it, it's that one specific bit um, that I remember where... Um... <clears throat> Uh, someone sort of stumbles across the the the, the remains or the the relics or the vestiges of um, Catherine Deneuve's uh, previous victims um, mm. in her attic. I must have been really quite young. Uh, I strongly suspect it was a uh, late on Saturday night on Channel Four 
offering. Yeah. Um, yeah. Can't remember a great deal about it. Um, but that's sort of one of those things I've got. I'm never going to go out of my way to obtain a copy by fair means or foul. Um, but next time it's on telly, I shall watch it. Sure. Yeah, I'm pretty much in the same boat. No great desire to watch it, but intrigued nonetheless. Um, today's topic, um, preferred vocal style in metal or extreme music. What do you reckon? Um, well, um, this is a really interesting one because I think my favourite vocal performances in metal are kind of definitive or textbook examples of a style which is generally represented by um, examples that I don't like very much. Okay. Pointing K. I'm not a big fan of cookie-cutter death grunting. Mm -hmm. um, corpse bore me to tears. Um, and honestly, the lower and more guttural it gets... Um, I'm sort of amused for a few minutes and I just get bored. Yeah. Um, Glenn Benton's performance on the first Deerside album um, is one of my favourite vocal performances in metal. It's just furious, isn't it? Absolutely furious. Yeah. Do you remember that there's a very good acquaintance of ours who, um, and I think this is the perfect description, um, described him as um, a, a man who sounds truly furious about the existence of God. <laughs> of course, yeah, the, 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 the legendary Metal John would be the, uh, the, the, the speaker of those words, I imagine. Um, mm -hmm. I, um, I believe it, also, it was also Ian Glasper in Terrorizer who also characterised them as uh, sounding like a man obliged to fillet a cactus. <laughs> very very um, good another kind of similar example um last week i i was sort of um encouraged coerced into naming albums that i thought were perfect mm -hmm. very, very difficult question very very difficult question um and off one of the albums that i thought was perfect which is the mysterious dom satanas um i think attila chizar's vocal performance on that is majestic and incredibly atmospheric um but the extreme um primitive black metal gurgle also is not a particular favorite of mine no um as for performances in extreme music that i i just think are absolutely perfect um i'm going to stick with the same um Stick with the same modus operandi, yeah, or modus operandus even here. Um, I don't much like um, excessively operatic or excessively styled um, hard rock power metal vocals. Um, but within that, um, Lee Dorian's performance on um, the Carnival Bazaar by Cathedral. Oh yes, sure. Um, A fine choice. Uh, um, I know it's obvious. Um, it's probably far too forehead slappingly obvious, but it's one of those that if you're going down that path, um, you just can't ignore it. Um, Bruce Dickinson on anything from Seventh Son of the Seventh Son. Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. In my opinion, in my opinion, Bruce's finest hour. Sure. Well, it, 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 it's my favourite made an album, and, and Bruce is is no small 
part in that, I, w- I would say. Um, so did, you, you, you still haven't really nailed down a style, though, Doc. You, you're naming names and, and giving performances, but the question was preferred style of vocal. Um, so if it's a style, um, if I happen to know it's going to be an album with a particular style on it, and are the voc- knowing that, is it going to draw me towards the album or push me away from it? And since we're allowed to include any kind of extreme music, um, I'm going to say the it's, uh, shouty hardcore. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And uh, any band examples, that like, exemplars for, for any, any, any curious listeners? Well, let's start with Slayer, shall we? Oh, sure. Um, okay. Thank you. I, I think it's a vocal style that um, they kind of took and incorporated in a metal way. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, you've got to mention the usual suspects. You've got to say Helmet. You've got to say Fugazi. Fugazi, yeah. um, wonderful. Just absolutely wonderful. Yeah. Um, you've got to say Who's Could Do. Uh, you've got to say Black Flag. Um, anything in that sort of US shouty vocal, shouty hardcore style. Um, if I get to know in advance the vocals are in that style, it's going to be it, it's going to pull me towards something I've never listened to before. Whereas if I get to find out the vocals are in a in a generic death metal style mm-hmm. or in an operatic um, HR style, that information is going to push me away from a recording. Um, correct me if I'm wrong, is... Doc. Oh, sorry, Doc. Cor- yeah. co- correct me if I'm wrong. The, the, the bands that you listed, with the exception of Slayer, they're all East Coast, aren't they? Um, no. Um, Black Flag are uh, California. Black Flag oh. are from Southern California. Um, I think they're probably actually from very, very close to Slayer. Mm-hmm. Um, I think they're from the, like, just south, of the, the, the suburbs just south of Los Angeles. Okay. Mm-hmm. So Long Beach, Anaheim. Um, mm-hmm. Kind of area, yeah. Uh, who are from the middle of the frozen Midwest? Oh, blimey, yeah, okay. Uh, I was totally wrong. Um, I mean, I I suppose I could have mentioned Shellac at the same time, who are from Chicago. Mm-hmm. Um, Fugazi and Minor Threat are from, um, of all places, Washington, DC. Um, okay. which okay, um, you if you think of like music and the East Coast, uh, you think of Philadelphia, you think of Detroit, you think of... I don't often tend to think of New York City all that much. Mm. I, I always tend to think of New York City as a place that's a little too trend-obsessed, or if you prefer, a little too fast-moving and a little too edgy, to really sustain a scene for very long. Yeah. I also think, you know, generally, you know, New Yorkers have too much money to be genuinely furious about stuff. Um, well, it, it's, it's, it's a city of inequality, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Um, it's a, a, a sort of passing reference I've heard is that um, you won't find anyone in New York City who thinks they've got exactly the right amount of money. Yeah. <laughs> mm. um, you know, the, the, the vast majority of people um, think somehow that they are deprived and they should have more money than they do. Um, and then there's the tiny percentage for whom um, their money has become such a tiresome burden upon their poor, fragile shoulders. Um, oh, it, 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 the heart bleeds. Um, for me, I mean, my, I'll give some bubbling unders. I'll name some names. I mean, of course, you've mentioned the mighty Bruce Dickinson. That goes without saying. Rob Halford, I would also throw into that particular mix. Um, 
who else can we think of? Great vocal performers. I, I love Millie Petrosa's voice from Creator. Um, mm. You know, very, very distinctive. You, you, you instantly know it's Creator when you, when you hear his voice. No, nobody sounds like him. I, I'm not saying the man can sing, but my God, it's effective. Um, what else? Outside of metal? Phew, that's tough. I mean, you know, I love, I love Meatloaf. I, I, I love listening to Meatloaf sing. I'm sorry. Shoot me in the head. I can't deny it. Um, hey, go on, Doc. I think, I think if you run into someone who claims that they love Bruce Dickinson's vocal styles and they don't like Meatloaf's vocal yeah. styles, um, I think you have found yourself in the presence of a massive fucking poser, to be honest with you. Exactly. I mean, poser was the word in my head as he, as he started that sentence, actually. Yeah, you're quite correct. Um but I have to say, if you know, if, if I had to nail my colours to the mast, my preferred style is death metal vocals that are coherent. You know what I mean? So, so you can understand the words, but you've got the clear death metal stylings. Exponents of the art would be, obviously, I think it's Carl Willits from Bolt Thrower. Um, yep. The dude from uh, Nile is pretty coherent on, on occasion, as crazy as that sounds. You can actually hear what he's saying. Uh, Johnny, Johnny Headland, I think he's called, from um, Unleashed, who are absolutely fabulous. Um, so you know, just that general gruff, proper death metal vocal where you can actually hear the lyrics. Who'd have thunk it was possible? So, not not much left for banished going on here, then. Well, you know, it, it, it's it's too much for me. It's too much for me. Um, I reckon we move on, Doc. How do you feel about that? Um, yeah, a couple of qualifiers. Um, I have. I I, I just realised I, I I made an omission um, that has the possibility for opening up a beef here. Um, I didn't give a shout out to the Bay. Uh, I mentioned Southern California. I mentioned the Midwest. And I mentioned the East Coast. Mm-hmm. Um, not neglecting the Bay, not neglecting San Francisco at all, but the bands I like from San Francisco um, in the post-Dead Kennedys pattern do not tend to have the um, shouty hardcore type vocals that I was referring to. I love some of those bands, um, but I didn't mention them on that occasion um, specifically because they don't particularly have the vocal style that I was referring to at the time. Mm-hmm. So no disrespect, um, no disrespect to the Bay and no jihads this afternoon. Thank you very much. You are forgiven. You are forgiven. Um, don't forget, guys, you can contact us on Twitter at Vercast or on email at slatanicvercast at gmail.com. In the meantime, we're going to get our thrash on. Okay, welcome to part two of the show. Here, we play the track, pause it from time to time to discuss what we're listening to, and generally just get on down. This week's song is the final track, track seven from Slayer's second album, Hello Waits. The track is called Hardening, intriguingly, I would say, Hardening of the Arteries. Here we go. Hatred, disgust, and pride. Death, the shoes, and 
So far, so meh, I would say. Doc, what about you? Um, I'd go a notch up from meh. Um, mm. It held my attention. Um, not bored yet. Um, nothing particularly outstanding. Um, this album has fooled me a good couple of times in both directions. There's a couple of tracks that have started off meh mm-hmm. uh, and ended up outstanding. There's a couple of tracks that have started off greater than meh and have ended up with me not liking them very much at all. Um, let's see what happens next, shall we? Here we go. It's pacey. It is pacey. Um, There's energy going on, but but I do find that versary just a touch uninspired, Doc. I don't know about you. I can't say there's anything about this song so far that's eliciting a great emotional response from me. No. It's just Um, there, isn't it? It's there. And once again, I, I said this at least twice about things on the first album. I've said it at least once already about stuff on the second album. Um, just there um, from Slayer is very often something that would be an absolute standout cut from a lesser band. Of course. Um, there are 90% of standard issue thrash bands never wrote a track this good. You're right. But, you know, if, if you go to your favourite pizza place and the pizza's just okay you're a bit disappointed aren't you yeah um and this of course is what blue cheese dressing exists for Mm -hmm. Um, this is not just talk about pizza this is metaphor um yeah this is what blue cheese dressing exists for because of course you know unless something has gone badly wrong um if you need your pizza uh, to be a little more than meh um, you can just get a bowl of salad and slather it in blue cheese dressing. Um, <laughs> and the eating experience will be a little more than there. So let's see if Slayer could pull some blue cheese dressing my, out of somewhere. My God, what an image. Here we go. <laughs> Wild solos, but but I am I, I am still on meh at the moment, Doc. I don't know about you. Oh, that was my blue cheese dressing right was there. It? The solos worked. Absolutely. Yeah, um, and I'll explain it to you. Um, I suppose from the point of view of I, I've I've been accused of being um, a mature adult 
on occasion. Oh, it, it's, it, it's an accusation I reject. Um, but since I've been accused of it, I, I need to own that. Um, from the point of view of, of, of a mature adult, um, I can tell it's not a very sophisticated solo. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's not a very musically profound solo. But trust me, 14-year-old me is hearing that solo um, and, sit, and, and sitting there, slack-jawed, going, I can't believe human beings can play that fast. I can't believe human beings can make noises like that. Tis witchcraft, tis sorcery. Yeah. And, I mean, you know, with my genuine adult ears, it sounded, I don't know, the, the, the solos would, would seem very, very lackluster to me, like minimal effort. Again, a bit like the last track, it almost felt rushed. Like, you know, like, like it's not quite, the track is not actually quite yet fit for purpose, basically. The difference is on this occasion, um, the slightly rough edges make it a better fit mm. for me. Mm-hmm. It's not a very sophisticated track. It's not objectively possibly even a very good track. Um, and the, the slight rough handling in production. Um, I suppose knowing that it's not the best track in the world, um, Perversely, um, I'll see if I can communicate this so that it makes sense and it doesn't just sound like I'm being contrarian. I appreciate the lack of turd polishing Mm -hmm. on a sousier that was never going to be a silk purse in the first place. Sure. It's a bit of a filler. It's not a very good track. Um, So what happens here is that the difference between this and the previous track is that instead of putting bits of lint over it and sticking plasters all over it and trying to constantly make it better. Um, They've given this pretty much the least production and the least attention in recording as it's possible to give it. And well, we wrote this track and here it is. Yeah. But you you kind of damn the song with your words though, Doc, you know, you say it's a bit of a filler and I agree. It sounds like a filler. Why on earth would you put a filler track as the last song on the album? It's an interesting decision. Let's cast our minds back. Um, please tell me if you'd like to wait until the review, the album review episode mm. uh, before we do this. I want to draw your attention to um, a discussion we had, and I don't think we ever resolved properly, um, about the ending of the previous album. And we were all at sea as to whether it was a statement of intent, drawing a line under the style of that album mm-hmm. before as we thought, they would begin something completely new with the um, uh, the interstitial uh, uh, EP. Yeah. We had to back away from that because when we got around to listening to the EP and listening to it carefully, we discovered that actually it wasn't the quantum leap that we, that we, we kind of thought it might have been. Sure. We're about to enter a very, very bleak, nihilistic phase of the Slayer Earth. Um, the very next track we're going to review in full is 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 the start of, um, yeah, uh, a, a pretty um, black-hearted, pretty mean-spirited period mm-hmm. um, for Slayer, and the the mistreatment, um, yeah, the, the the neglectful mistreatment um, of this track. I don't know if I'm pushing an allusion too far here, but it almost sounds like just tossing the corpse out of the back door of a moving van. 
Sure. Yeah. Yeah. I know what you mean. Look, look, look we're done with this. That you know, yeah. move on. Yeah, you know, d- 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 let's see what's next. And of course, what comes next is Angel of Death, and that will be a very interesting discussion when we get to it. Shall we, shall, shall we see what happens in the next 30 seconds or so, Doc? Absolutely. Here we go. Well, the answer is not much. You know, it, it just kind of plods along in the same vein. Um, it, 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 it just kind of uh, belts and braces thrash metal, isn't it, really? You know? Um, I like vocal delivery. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, it, 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 like that kind of almost like barking staccato style. Yeah, I agree. It works. It, it fits the music perfectly. And his voice sounds great. Um so yeah, that's definitely a plus, and, and obviously like Dave's plugging away in the in the background, delivering his consistently great beats. Not not too many kind of you know fills and tom flurries that that I've heard so far, but you know to me, oh, to me this is cookie cookie cutter thrash so far. Yeah, um, I'm going to um, put forward a, a, a little hypothesis. You really miss the absence of Lombardo fireworks when they're not there, don't you? You're, you're absolutely right. Yes, and and you know, as the albums progress, um, specifically over the next three or four album, no, three, yes, definitely three, because the fourth album after this is Divine Intervention, which is when Paul Bostoff steps into the into the fold. Um, yeah, you, you will see the progression and hear. I mean, it, it, is it restraint or is it lack of effort? What do you reckon, Doc? Um, I would say it's a soon-to-be, uh, already good or already great, soon-to-be unparalleled, almost, musician. Um, still quite unsure of his role. Mm. Um, we've discussed this before, but... For all of the rampage, all of the rampaging egos involved in the band, um, Slayer have always been tight. They've always come across as a very democratic organisation. Mm-hmm. Um, I know personally they have massive egos and they fall out with each other all the time and they, they, they sort of disagree with each other all the time. Um, but they don't ever allow any of that to to interfere with functioning as a team and delivering music as a unit. Yeah. And if I can take a guess, um, this is a point I suspect David Lombardo already knows that he has the chops to shit over all, every other member of the band um, as a musician. Mm-hmm. Um, and maybe through modesty, um, maybe just through discipline, um, he's prevented from doing so just at the moment. The, the era of the um, metal star drummer um had not yet come about um i think star drummers were still considered to be and they still have been um a relic of the old days of uh, you know eight minute drum solos and um you know the drum kit being mounted in a rotating cage sure um, yeah, it, 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 all too bombastic for, for you know for these up and coming thrash upstarts, wasn't it? 
Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Um, so that's my take on it. That's that's my take on um, why you don't get so much Lombardo flash mm, in the mm. the, 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 the moment. Let's see if we get some as we progress. Here we go. So what on earth is going on here, Doc? That uh, the song has uh, effectively the song has ended, and it is now transitioned into the opening riffs from Hello Waits, the the opening track on the album. What's going on? Yeah, assume it's it's it's, it's an attempt at uh, orboreality. Orboreality, Doc. What what on earth is that? Um, the concept of the snake eating its own tail. Yeah. Um, and. In, in, in various other uh, mythologies, um, closing the circle, or you have some concept of um, as it begins, so it shall end in darkness and chaos if you're a Hindu. Sure. Um, as a, a more mundane explanation, um, if you happen to have bought this album on cassette and you're playing it in your car and your car cassette player has one of those cunning auto-reverse mechanisms, um, when it gets to the end of the album, it might flip the tape over and you might start listening to the start of the album. Um, oh, yeah, that's interesting. Yeah, um, that, that's very interesting. It, it, it definitely seems like a closure. Um, you know, the, the, this, the, the circle is now complete, basically, you know, and now we're going to move on. Yeah, I mean, if, if we view it as, and I, I don't think it is a concept album even for a second, but if we assume that in, in name alone, um, it's a concept album. And at the very beginning of the album, we had an introduction to the hell that was awaiting you. Yeah. And it would be nice if the final track on the album gave us a final presentation of what it's like that now uh, now, now we've actually descended to hell. An interesting thing, obviously we've got this kind of reprise of the, of, of the opening of the album. Also, though, I would say the verse sounds almost identical to... The song "Praise of Death," track four on the album. The actual yeah. meter of of, of 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 the verse, that the way that Tom's delivering the lines is, you could transpose those lyrics and they would both work on either song. And I think that's that that, that there's something deliberate there too. They also in the lyrics refer to crypts again. Of course, we've got the track "Crypts of Eternity." There seems to be a lot of self-referential stuff happening here you know, of previous tracks on this album. Yeah, so, I mean, it, it's it's perfectly reasonable to write a, a track that's like a, a, a coda to an album. or yeah. a, a, a that's a what's fourth, happening, isn't it? Yeah, a, a fourth movement. You, you, you don't have to go full-on ELP mm -hmm. and quote from, you know, have, have a little musical quote from every single track and then... Yeah. Um, and then extemporize on a theme that brings all of the different tracks together. Mm. You don't necessarily have to do that. Um, I mean, I, I, it's it is a, if that's what's going on, it's actually a nice bit of closure, um, and it it makes sense. <laughs> the 
concept that's um, that's inferred by the title. It's ambitious, isn't it? For for a second yeah. album in a, in a, you know a, a still a still burgeoning genre, it's ambitious to to think on this scale. It is ambitious to think on this scale, but um, they're taking their lessons from teachers or from influencers who have very very high expectations of them. Mm, mm. Um, if you aspire to be like Iron Maiden, um, and don't laugh when I say this, if you aspire to be as good musicians as Venom. <laughs> <laughs> I, thought, I, th- I thought you were going to reference <laughs> sax on there, Doctor, for a second. <laughs> it doesn't even need to be said. <laughs> I, I didn't even imagine, like, I didn't imagine that since 1977, I assumed that anyone who formed a band just automatically wanted to be like Saxon. Yeah, but of course. They never, but they never even mentioned it because they know it's such an unobtainable goal. It's a given as a, it, it's a given as an aspiration, utterly infeasible in reality. Yeah, I mean, you know, it, it's like anyone who takes up the piano. Do you ever bother asking them, would you like to be able to play pieces by Bach? Well, of course you would. <laughs> yeah, of course. Anyone, anyone who takes up the violin, do you ever bother asking them, do you want to play pieces by um, Paganini or Vivaldi? You know, th- there, are, there are just some things that are the standard in the um, TA, whatever yes. that happens to be. Of course. And anyone who has ever considered picking up an electric guitar and inviting their friends round to their house to try to start a band, well, it, it doesn't even need to be said. They aspire to being Saxon. But <laughs> that, that lofty magisteriality. When I pull on my Dunlops, I want to run, I want to run like Usain Bolt. Never going to happen. Um, shall we... Shall we continue? Because I, I get the feeling that I, I think we're going to cut this short in about 30, 30 seconds. Let's, let's see what happens. And there we have it. That was the final track, track seven, Hardening of the Arteries from the album Hello Whites. Um, there was about another 20 seconds to play, but it is literally just fading out. So, you know, do we need to hear that? I don't think so. Um, come on, Doc. What, what's on your mind? This track baffles me a little bit. It's baffling in its apparent immediate explicability. Um, it's the end of an album and it ends on a song that isn't very good. Um, but whenever I feel like I'm being drawn to a conclusion like that that seems too obvious and too simplistic and too pat, um, that, it, that situation immediately becomes intriguing because I start scratching my head and going, no, it can't be anything as simple as that. There must be more to it than that. Yeah, of course. Um, so you've already alluded to the fact that we, we've, we've got some progressive elements. We, we've, we've, we've got something that you might expect um, off a, a concept album. Um, we've got something that you can imagine Iron Maiden doing, which is a final track where you you quote from a couple of previous tracks. Mm-hmm. Uh, when you're doing that, um, I would expect an attempt, no matter how cack-handed, at some thematic convergence as well. Um, so, um, for instance, in the, the way of either an ancient mystical tome or a book of philosophy or something like this, the chapters will present you with a concept 
then another concept, then another concept. And as you move towards the conclusion, the writer, if they're a good writer, will attempt to draw all of the concepts together into a single cohesive narrative thrust. Sure. It, 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 it's, uh, it's like a good thriller, isn't it? You have, you have three plot strands going at the same time and then bang, in, in, you know, in, in the final 20 pages, all of those strands come together for a, for a satisfying resolution. Yeah, so um, I don't feel as though there's anything like that happening here. Um, I really, really don't want to say um, they've they've copied the most obvious superficialities of of, of the the coda track or the, the concluding chapter, but haven't really understood what it is that you're supposed to do with that. Mm. Um, so, what am I missing? Um, what haven't I paid attention to in there? Help me out. I really don't know. I, 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 I find it just a really, really mysterious um song really i don't i don't think i don't think there's anything wrong with it but at the same time there's 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 nothing genuinely inspired by it and just that sudden transition into into the hello hello riff and then just just to fade it out admittedly on that quite groovy interpretation of the opening riff and i i do quite appreciate that you know that the, there's a certain kind of vibe and bounce to it which which is quite appealing but then just to kind of just to just to fade it out and 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 just to dissipate into into nothingness with no i don't know just no kind of killer final punch right i find it odd doc odd. Let's, try to, let's try to move beyond considering the conclusion uh in a structuralist way mm -hmm. and let's think about it um, using some 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 other theoretical tools, um, some other critical tools, um, are we supposed to be considering this as some sort of narrative? So the album is called Hella Waits. Mm -hmm. In this final track, are we supposed to have arrived in hell somehow, mm -hmm. um, or um, is it supposed to be more of a, a, a moral tale than that? Um, has the album been a succession of? Um, Dantean visions mm. um, and then the final track is waking from the dream or waking from the hallucination we're kind of veering into lyric territory there aren't we really and I, I, well, I, I think we'll be we'll be discussing the, the, these kind of points in the next part um, but, but I'm trying not to go into lyrics territory yeah. I'm, I'm deliberately trying to ignore the lyrics at the moment and I, yeah. I'm, I'm deliberately to see what I can mine out of um, just what, what we're given to listen to. Um, the noises on the fade out, mm -hmm. um, have you got any idea what they are? Um, because I, they always sound to me like um, some sort of very processed version of um, either a grave being dug or soil being dropped on top of a coffin lid or something like that. Um, there are also bits of it that sound like <clears throat> very bad radio static. Um, I mean, so without even considering or consulting the lyrics at all, just going on the music or the sounds um, and, the and, and, and the narrative we're, we're, we're being given from the sounds, um, there are distancing effects. Um, there are the, the quotes from the previous songs that are quoted in a filtered or misheard or not quite right way. Um, mm -hmm. There are the sounds at the end. There's the fade out. There's a... a 
a lot of distancing. There's, there's the poor production. Um, there's a lot of effects, and I don't mean processed effects, I don't mean studio effects. There's a lot of narrative effects um, that are used to sort of put some distance between you and the album you've just been listening to. Um, I know I said this before, but um, I can't help thinking of just what I said a bit earlier. Um, and it makes me think of a like a corpse tied up in a sack um, that's just shoved out of the back doors of a, a, a relatively fast-moving transit van on, on, on a lonely road late at night. Mm. Um, and you just get the idea of the, the, the corpse diminishing into the distance as the van sort of drives away. It, it feels like the distancing effects are being used to make the experience you just have move further and further away from you. Um, for your own comfort or for your discomfort, depending on what frame of mind you happen to be in. I think there are also some actual effects on the guitar there, which are meant to be redolent of some kind of, I don't know, as if you're in some kind of um, infernal cave or, do you know what I mean? Like a deep echo on it. You're somewhere underground, subterranean. You can imagine kind of liquid dripping around. So the, the, it is atmospheric. Um, there's no doubt about it. And, and it ties it back to that, you know, to, to the general concept of the album, the, the album cover, the, the Dante's Inferno kind of theme that they're going for. So, so it does work. And thematically, it is appropriate. I just question that. You know, I'm, I'm repeating myself, Doc. I, I, I just question the choice of, of, of ending the album this way. I don't really get it. Um, I don't think there's, um, there's certainly, when you're making a record, there's no one around to tell you right from wrong or to tell you that that's a good idea or that's a bad idea. Mm. And even if they were, would you be inclined to listen to them anyway? I'm not no, sure of I course. would. No, of course not. No, because you know you're the you're the creative. It's your it's your baby, isn't it? You know, it's your darling, and 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 and, and to hell with the consequences. I get it. I get that. Um, and, and, any final thoughts? Stop before we move on to the lyrics. Um, no, I don't. I mean, it's mm. it's a tough one. When we get round to the review episode. Uh, we will, of course, both be, instead of track by track, as we, as, as we have been for the past seven weeks, we'll be listening to the whole album. And I'll be fascinated to revisit this question. Um, and then I'm going to ask you whether the final track makes any more sense as a coda coming at the end of an album you just listened to. Sure. Yeah. No. no, no yeah. And that will be that will be uh, next week. I think we'll 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 get onto that kind of stuff. I'm done. Should we move on? Yes. <laughs> Welcome to part three of the podcast. Uh, here we read through and dissect the lyrics that Tom is screaming angrily in our faces. Um, so here goes verse one. The Fear runs wild in the veins of the world. The hate turns the skies jet black. Death is assured in future plans. Why live if there's nothing there? Spectres of doom await the moment. The mallet is sure and precise. Cover the crypts of all mankind. 
with cloven hoof begone. Wow, with cloven hoof begone. Fuck yes. Um, that's fabulous. Um, go on, Doc. For, well, the, the, I'm going to start, actually, for once. Fear runs wild in the veins of the world. The, the hate turns the skies jet black. Lovely imagery. Lovely, you know, lovely images put in, put in, put inside my brain with those opening two lines. I don't know about you. Yeah, I mean, in terms of lyrics, we're into not good, but great. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Territory. Mm-hmm. Um, I am sort of going to try not to get too hung up on the grammar and the syntax um, and the more mechanical poetics uh, because the, there's there's enough ambition here. Um, there's enough very, very serious and I think largely successful attempt to use um, imagery above technical skill. Mm-hmm. Um, Theo runs wild in the veins of the world. The hate turns to skies jet black. Death is assured in future plans. Um, and I mean, it, it, I would have liked it better if they'd stuck to a rhyme scream and stuck to a meter with the final line. I would have liked it better if they'd done that. Um, sure. But they didn't, and it doesn't ruin it. Mm-hmm. Um, very, very nice imagery. Yep. Um, and now I'm locked in that mode. Um, let's carry on. I mean, death is assured in future plans. Why live if there's nothing there? It feels a bit clumsy to me, but I don't mind it. The reason it feels a bit clumsy is, is in comparison to the six lines kind of wrapped around it. That seems very kind of grounded and down to earth, whereas all of the other stuff is kind of fantastical imagery, abstract stuff. But those two lines, there's none of that in there. Do you know what I mean? Um... Unless it's an explicit reference to Hindu philosophy, mm-hmm. um, you know, where almost refers back to the the, the concept of, of all boreality, which I I, I believe I, I picked up before. Uh, you know, wheel turns, civilizations rise; wheel turns, civilization falls. Um, death is always assured; destruction is always assured. Um, whatever you try to build is nothing but vanity, and it 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 will be um, rendered to dust. Sure. Mm-hmm. So. Um, the question, I suppose you might want to say that the, the very question that Hindu philosophy asks you to contemplate is, why live if there's nothing there? Mm-hmm. Everything you do is doomed to be rendered to nothing, so why even bother? And this time, Doc, you managed to use the word all boreality without Zoom crashing on us. For the, for, for the listeners, the Doc has mentioned all boreality three times so far today, and twice we've had major technical problems we seem to be through that curse doc fortunately um, I, re- I remember to make the sign of the goat as i was saying it good yes thank god i, I told i've told you this so many times doc and you always forget <laughs> um, specters of doom await the moment the mallet is sure and precise the mallet what which mallet what are you talking about um, this will probably stand a bit of research. Mm. Um, the it's a, it's a deliberate that. reference to something, isn't it? That's the, he, he he hasn't picked that word out of thin air. He's obviously referencing something. I assume it's North, Norse mythology, is it not? Blimey! So we've gone from we've, we've gone from, from 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 the Indian subcontinent to 
to, to Northern Europe it, w w within two lines? Um, and philosophically, they're, they're not um, very, very far apart. Mm -hmm. uh, that there are influences um, of Hinduism on Norse religion. Um, there are some obvious parallels um, in religious imagery, such as the use of the swastika. Um, there are some obvious parallels in the, the, the roles of various of their deities. Mm -hmm. um, so I think we're, we're being invited to think of the hammer of the gods here. Yes, and in fact, that's a note I made. Why choose the word Mali to not hammer? Oh, what a very interesting question. Mm. And that's why I think it's a specific reference, because the yeah. obvious word to use is hammer. Are they trying to steer away from a, a, a very, very obvious heavy metal word? Maybe, yeah. That's a possibility, yeah. You know, maybe that feels a bit too Judas Priest, like hammering the anvil and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, it's a possibility. You're right. Um, cover the crypts of all mankind with oh, what a fabulous lie with cloven hoof. Be gone. Honestly, forget the rest of the lyrics. That's it. I'm sold. I fucking love the the, the, the lyrics in this song with cloven hoof. Be gone. I'm, I'm I'm sold, Doc. That's it. I'm happy. It mentions a cloven hoof. I mean, it just if 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 you mention a cloven hoof or anything to do with goats, I will be happy. <laughs> and, and, um, and to follow it with "be gone," good lord, <laughs> good lord, excellent, just excellent, excellent stuff. <laughs> anything else on the on this first verse, Doc? Um, I rather like. I must be honest. I rather like it. Um, yeah, I mean, there's a couple of things I want to come back to when we're a few verses more in. Mm -hmm. So um, let's 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 proceed to the uh, the bridging section now. Sadistic minds delay the death of twisted life, malicious world. What's happening here, Doc? Is this some kind of like Frankenstein experiment? Is this some kind of, I don't know, are, are, are human beings being frozen in some kind of cryogenic situation? Delay the death? What's happening? Um, I'm almost inclined to call it a call forward. Mm -hmm. Go on. A piece of shadowing. Um, we've got some songs... Um, there's more of this in the next verse as well, but we, we've, we've got a song coming up soon. Uh, we've got a song coming up very, very, very soon about uh, sadistic minds. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> um, we've got a couple of extended meditations um, on, uh, let's say, circumstances under which death should occur but doesn't. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. We've got a couple of extended meditations coming up um, on... Um, effectively vital existence that has, has, has been perverted. <clears throat> uh, we've got a couple of uh, extended meditations coming up on the, the, the apparent malice of the world in general. So, I mean, it, if it isn't, it's a blasted coincidence because there's, there's a lot of foreshadowing, there's a lot of call forwarding. Are you suggesting, which I think you are, that this could be Slayer's first foray into, you know, discussing the the life and works of, of one Joseph Mengele? Um, there's at least two lines which I think could refer to that. <clears throat> um, 
the <clears throat> I believe there are a couple of literal actual call forward quotes to songs on the next album mm -hmm. in this little four line section. Sure. Sure. And it's a distinct possibility, given that, you know, the, the, the lyrics are by Hanneman. So it's it, 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 it's very, very plausible. Um, I think we knew they were by Hanneman, didn't we? And the reason we knew that is because they're rather good. They scan. They mean things. That's right. Uh, you can understand them. I know. We, we, we are going to get so much hate mail, you know, Regarding, well, particularly me, my, my constant kicking of uh, King's lyrical capacity. But, you know, I can only say what I see. Um, next verse or not? I think so, yes. Here we go. Uh, the crippled youth try in dismay to sabotage the carcass earth. All new life must perish below. Existence now is futile. Decrepit breath, vile in its stench. A world in decay. Transgressor is as one. I mean, again, gr just great, great lines. But there's, there, there seem to be so many ideas thrown in there. It, 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 it's quite chaotic. Yeah, um, I mean, I, I don't know whether I'm, I'm pushing my previous little thesis a bit too far here. Um, you know, the crippled youth try in dismay. Um, we might even say the expendable youth try in dismay mm. now, mm -hmm. um, uh, to uh, to sabotage the carcass earth. All new life must, must perish below on your way south. Of, uh, the, the, there are various... Um, <clears throat> there seem to be prototypical bits of songs <clears throat> that we'll be meeting again in due course. And there seem to be um, references to concepts that we'll be meeting really quite soon. I don't know whether I'm, I'm reading too much into this. The crippled youth try in dismay to sabotage the carcass earth. Is this the first really blatant piece of social commentary we've seen from Slayer? Um, as you know, um, I picked out um, a lot of, um, for right or wrong, um, and class politics is my thing, and I, I, I see class politics everywhere, including places that there really aren't any class politics, but I saw tons of stuff about class and society and rejection and alienation and the condition of youth all over the first album, but, not so much that, on the second one. But that's my question, Doc. I think on the first album... I think your arguments were valid, but all of those references were quite veiled and you had to dig to find them. So is this the first blatant example? Um, yeah, it, it's it's the first um, overtly political lyric, yeah, I think we've yeah. had. I mean, that, that, that's my feeling. All new life must perish below. Existence now is futile. Perish below? Below what? I mean, it in in hell but or is this some kind of alien presence that, that that's suddenly been invoked um it could be a reference to um you know, death from above um mm -hmm. so by means of wrath of god oblique stroke atom bomb oblique stroke poisonous chemicals sure um, 
leak stroke, ecological catastrophe. Or the Luftwaffe, maybe. Yeah. Uh, I mean, mm -hmm. all of this stuff was big news in the mid-80s. Yeah. Uh, mm -hmm. Apart from the Luftwaffe. Um, I think, um, if not admiration of Nazis, but admiration of uh, the World War II-era German war machine mm -hmm. um, has, has, has pretty much been a standard heavy metal preoccupation, hasn't it? Sure. No, you, no, you, you, you're quite right. You're quite right. Um, decrepit breath, violent stench, a world in decay. Decrepit breath of what? So is this an extension of, 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 of the, the Gaia hypothesis? Um, is this a, a reference to the, the literal corporeality of the Earth? Mm -hmm. and we've had a reference to the carcass Earth. Um, which is a, an, an obvious perversion of the more usual concept of Mother Earth. Mm -hmm. um, and if, if we take this, this concept of a, a, a literal organism um, becoming a carcass and presumably putrefying, um, I don't know whether it's meant the, the following line, a world in decay. Um, I think it's supposed to be the the, the breath of, of of the organism Earth. Yeah, that, that makes sense because you know the the, the well. In fact, I, I, I will save that comment and for, for, for the final verse. Actually, um, what I was about to say, but it, it is interesting. They are kind of, I mean, anthropomorphizing is probably the wrong word, but I can't think of a better one. Anthropomorphizing almost the concept of Earth and and Western society, I would say. Yeah, I mean, the, the anthropomorphizing of uh, ecosystem um, was a preoccupation with environmentalists in general and ecofeminists in particular in the early 80s. Mm -hmm. So um, time appropriate. Yeah, uh, it, it's, it's definitely stuff that would have been in the air. It's definitely stuff that you could have heard people talking about Mm -hmm. um, and then we get this final line transgressor is as one um, and that might be um, once again um, a reference to the the more postmodern the more situationist aspects of, of punk rock which is the concept of um, unification must begin with transgression Okay. Um, if you're going to essentially build bridges or heal wounds between yourself and disparate persons or disparate communities, um, somehow you, you have to start with an act of offence or an act of taboo breaking. Mm -hmm. um, we're over here, they're over there, um, and someone's got to break somebody's taboos. Someone's got to upset somebody else. So quite appropriate, have... quite quite appropriate this week, actually. You know, you know, it, you know effectively, you, you, let's imagine. That you know, let's imagine that, that that a mob gets out of hand and storms a government building. You know, maybe that could be a healing moment where, where, where the country can come together and realise just how 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 badly everything has gone wrong. That's what you're talking about, isn't it? Really? Um. Yeah. Absolutely. So, and it's um obviously something like that has happened very much for real. Um, and I think the Situationists were drawing on um anthropology in South America and in Africa, and they were looking at things such as the function of the feast. And the function of, uh, which is obviously a, a, an orgy of eating and sex and drunkenness, mm. but more pertinently, um, it's a scenario where 
the breaking of taboos is acceptable, mm. where um, peasants are allowed to get out of hand and eat food and drink stuff that's far too good for them. Um, and the high-handed, dignified chiefs are allowed to get shit-faced and roll around in the muck. Mm. I, I think in modern society, we call that Nando's. Um, are, you for, <laughs> <laughs> are you ready for the final four lines, Doc? Um, just got one more thing to say. Uh, Go on. If, if we follow this this metaphor of, of, of putrefaction, um, and if we follow the concept of, of putrefaction as being a breaking of taboos somehow, um, because you don't break many more taboos than by rotting, um, and obviously the, the end result of putrefaction um, is that the organism and the host that sustains it literally do become as one. I don't think I'm reading too much into this. This was thought that would have been very, very prevalent in environmentalist or um, new age ecology mm. circles around about the time this album was written. Um, there's no reason why Slayer couldn't have picked it up from the same sources that I did. Sure. I'll I, I tell you something it, it, this makes me think of. I, I would really like to know, and I'm, I'm sure this must be possible to find out, what exactly did Jeff Hanneman study at, at, at college and at university? Because, you know, he, he's, he's pretty clued up, isn't he? Um, I think in those days, even if you are at university, if you are at some kind of school that had um, your science programme, uh, your liberal arts, the extra humanities programme, um, just being in that kind of environment, you couldn't avoid not being steeped in all kinds of thought, all kinds of opinion. Um, and a lot of the thought that you would overhear or become involved in would be pretty loopy. Mm -hmm. um, and some of it would be intensely transgressive. Um, I think unless you determined to go to a very expensive university with the intention of studying one subject, and sticking to your own department only, and all of your friends were people who were also on your course. I think if you went to the kind of sloppily eclectic minor university like I did, um, you you wouldn't have been able to have avoided um, overhearing stuff like that, being involved in discussions about stuff like that. Final verse? Yeah, go for Here it. Here we go. Convulsions take the world in hand, paralysis destroys, nobody's out there to save us, brutal seizure, now we die. It's a bit clumsy, I think, but I really get the point. He, he's really using kind of medical metaphors, as in the title of the song, Hardening of the Arteries, medical, medical metaphor effectively to talk about, it seems to me anyway, to talk about social entropy and decay. What do you think? Um, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, uh, so this may or may not be news to anyone. Hardening of the arteries um, was a, a vulgar or popular expression for the condition known um, also as angina. A condition that I don't think existed really in the day before human beings by and large had inexpensive and superabundant nutrition mm -hmm. um, and its complications such as strokes and heart attacks and brain aneurysms 
that are brought on by um, arteries becoming essentially furred, furred up or lined or clogged with um, man-made or processed fat. Yes, it, 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 it's, a, it's a, conge a congealment of fat in the arteries, in and around the heart, isn't it, Bath? Back normally. Um, yeah. So uh, you, you've got this, this sort of very, very dead Kennedy's concept here um, of taking a, 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 macros a, a, a microscopic um, malaise um, and uh, drawing an immediate parallel to a macroscopic malaise. Mm -hmm. So it's a reference to a medical condition, which is a byproduct of um, prosperous consumerist Western society. I.e. junk food. Yeah. I, 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 I was going to say grotesque con consumerism, actually. Grotesque in the sense of, like, uh, of, of being Hogarthian, so that um, as well as actually making people um, obese and pasty and ugly. Thank you. Um, Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> um, <clears throat> the the malaise of consumer society um, has the uh, has the exact same effect um, on the ecosystem, mm -hmm. um, which supports it. And I mean, this is obviously a theme that um, <clears throat> I'm going to say slayers, uh, proteges, um, slayers, students, sepultura would go on to pretty much write a concept album about in its own right. Go on, which album? Um, Chaos AD. Oh yes, sure. Yes, of course. That yeah, of course. That, 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 that fundamentally about the the, the the general breakdown of society. Well, and uh, effectively, this macroscopic microscopic mirror of um, how human diseases um, have their mirrors in societal diseases. Mm. Um, you know, it, it consistently uses cancer as a metaphor for war. It consistently uses. Um, uh, um, viral mutations um, and uses Japanese monsters um, as metaphors for those. And it, it's, it's, it's sort of this very, very small concept that Slayer are toying with here and, and, and Sepultura seemed to like very much and took and run with and just about made a whole entire album about. Sure. Um, not the only thing they stole from Slayer, of course. Um, no no but, criticism of, of Sepultura because I love Sepultura, but let, let's be honest. Let's be honest. Um, convulsions take the world in hand, paralysis destroys. So we've got convulsions and paralysis. An oxymoron or not? What do we, what do we think? Um, no, I mean, they're, they're both possible manifestations of, of, of angina or hardening of the arteries. Mm. Um, I mean, I, I, I believe... Um, Excessive fat intake is, is is linked to diabetes, which causes convulsions. Um, I believe angina is directly linked to um, stroke or various other brain complaints. So um, insufficient blood flow um, to the brain, which causes paralysis. Mm -hmm. um, so I, I, I'm going to go along with you. Um, I think it's Slayer's earliest, most explicit, directly political set of lyrics. And it's the first time that they've used this as, uh, as below, so above, um, very Gnostic, very Manichaean um, concept of 
the things that are wrong with your own body um, are mirrors of or intrinsically linked to sicknesses that exist in the world at large. Sure. It, 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 it's a fascinating development. Nobody's out there to save us. Now, nobody's out there. God or aliens? Ooh, you choose. Um, well, nobody. Um, it's And this loops right the way back to um, this sort of concept right from the first verse. If you remember, we, we, we had a brief chat about Hindu philosophy. Um, when the end of the world comes, um, those, those gods, those deities, um, they will not save you. Um, when um, uh, Kali takes on her manifestation and begins to destroy the world, um, like uh, Lord Krishna and, and, and Shiva and Vishnu, are, that, that, they're not going to step in and save you personally mm-hmm. or save your town. Uh, no, it, it's, it's, it's all got to go. It's all going to be destroyed. In a brutal um, seizure. In a brutal seizure, and now yeah. we die. Yeah, no, it, it's very, very interesting. I, I think the lyrics are fabulous, actually, in, in this song. I, I think they're very, very good. A step up, I would say, from the rest of the of the album. What do we reckon? Yeah. I'm going to stick with great and not good. Okay. Um, so um, they could definitely. Uh, would it have been useful to have give them given them? Uh, a few more rubs of the polishing cloth. Mm. Reading through these lyrics, completely divorced from the music, as earlier on we listened to the music, completely divorced from the lyrics. Of course. And we felt the need 30 minutes ago to pass comment on the deliberately unpolished, deliberately left crude as is nature of the music. And I'm going to invite you to think about whether the lyrics have been given the same treatment. Have they been deliberately written quickly um, are we meant to assume that the writing conveys the urgency of someone writing in speed because they're dying of a seizure or uh, because they're about to become paralysed from a stroke or because the world's about to end? Yeah, yeah very, very, very interesting. You know, we, 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 all very, all very meta, I would say. But I, I, I fully, fully agree with you. Should we move on? Yes, let's. So, with that, part three with Cloven Hoof, be gone. Welcome to part four of Slaytanic Vercast. Here, we just offer our final thoughts and summations and discuss anything we might have inadvertently missed along the way. But before we do that, some details writing credits, music by one Jeff Hanneman and lyrics by one Jeff Hanneman. So a solo project here. Uh, according to Setlist, this song was played by the band 51 times, a mere 51 times, putting it in 77th position overall. Uh, the first play was at Radio City, Anaheim, uh, on January the 26th, 1985. Last played in a place called Gothic Theatre, Englewood, CO. CO, Doc? Which state is that? Is that Chicago? Colorado, I believe. Oh, just Chicago, not a state. Chicago's a city. CO, Colorado, it must be, yes. Gothic Theatre, yeah, Englewood, yeah. Colorado, December the 31st, 1991. I was surprised to see it being played that late, I must be honest. Now, 1991, would that have been anywhere close to the, um, the Undisputed Attitude? album no that um, no that's three or four months. years that's three or four years before undisputed attitude 91 would be the seasons in the abyss tour so 
Um, I wonder why they chose to uh, to dig it out at precisely that moment. Mm, it is strange. Yeah, idiot. That was my thought as well. Come on, the doc. Hit me, hit me with any any final thoughts that that, that that have bubbled to the top of your disgusting brain. I want to go away now, and I want to do a little research amongst um, the bands that we know to be an influence on Slayer, and I want to find out if anyone had if anyone had the other uh, ever had the idea of putting a preview of their next album at the end of their previous one. Mm-hmm. Um. I'm very curious as to whether anyone did that because as we've listened to the music and we've been discussing this concept of the various quotes from the different points on the Hello Waits album. Yeah. Um, and then <coughs> you appear to have... That's almost the... Oh, the sorry, Doc. The- sorry, Doc. That, that's almost the most interesting point to me. Not just that they tied it back to the first track, but they quoted themselves interstitially throughout the album very very interesting um so i'm not convinced but i believe we have a little a, a little evidence that we we might be onto something with 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 this as a a purposeful bridging track that it's it's taking the circular journey of the hello Waits album mm-hmm. and bringing it back to the start and then at the same time calling forward to what's coming next yeah and i don't think any yeah. of that is unintentional it's difficult for me to find anything to say to that because I totally agree with you. All I can do is nod silently and think, yes, the good doctor is correct. (laughs) (laughs) By cloven hoof, be gone. By cloven hoof, be gone. Um, Yeah, it's a strange one Um, for me, this song. Love the lyrics, as you could tell. I, I, I got very animated about the lyrics. As for the music itself, I found it a little bit kind of plodding and by the numbers thrash. Um, the, you, the link back to the to, to the first track, I get it. It's smart. I find it a very very unsatisfying conclusion to the album. Um, you know, I, I want Slayer to punch me in the fucking face with the last track uh you know the, the, the that that's my expectation with the slayer album and when it doesn't happen i feel quite disappointed um so yeah very very mixed feelings for me with this track are you ready to pronounce good doctor i am i'm ready to pronounce <laughs> whip out your liquescent swords and be done with it on the basis of the lyrics that have kind of given me the warm fuzzies, to be honest with you. Mm. Um, yeah. I am left feeling very, very kindly disposed to the song. Yeah. I can't put my finger on why, um, but in the manner of, let's say, a, a, a Jean Roland film, um, which should be very, very unsatisfying and should leave you with some pretty imagery, but no plot, no story, bad acting, lousy script. And yet somehow it, it just always leaves me with the warm fuzzies. Um, And this song is like that. Um, Almost in spite of itself, it sort of won me over to its side. um, And I found it the the rough around the edgesness of it has sort of ended up making me think of it a bit like a three-legged dog with a leaky scrotum. Um, I'm not going to show it off. (laughs) 
I'm not going to introduce it to my friends, um, but I'm going to love it. I'm going to bandage its leaky scrotum for it, and um, I'm going to make a I'm going to make a little wheeled contraption um, to support the place where its leg isn't, and I'm going to love it, and I'm going and, and, and I'm going to give it eight swords. Eight swords, good lord! Eight swords out of ten. I did <laughs> not expect that. Um, I very, very, very high, highly rated there from from Doctor Lequessence. Good lord! Um, hmm, where do I sit? Love it. I agree with you, Doc. Prior to the lyrics, I was predisposed to really kind of nail this with 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 with, with, with my moldering what's what 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 what's the word what's the adjective i normally apply to the skulls doc i can't remember um i was thinking if you're going to nail it um you might have nailed it with a metallic scourge okay we'll go with that i was going to nail it with a metallic scourge um but the lyrics really have elevated it for me last week i said i never penalize a song for bad lyrics and that is, and that is true and will always remain true however i feel i can you know I, I can praise a song and elevate a song's score for very very good lyrics and for that reason i'm going to give it six moldering i can't remember the adjective doc six nose moldering skills it's not mouldering, is it normally? Um, mutilated. Mutilated. Thank you, sir. Six most mutilated skulls out of ten. Finally, that, that makes perfect sense because I gave it at least one extra point for the solo, which I liked and you didn't care for. Correct. Um, and I gave it at least one extra point for the atmospheric intro and the atmospheric outro that you didn't much care for. There we go. So it's, there is logic. There is method to our madness. Um, okay, that about does it for this episode. Don't forget you can contact us on Twitter at Vercast or on email at slitanicvercast at gmail.com. Join us next time when we will be doing the album overview. We will recap 30 seconds or so of each track and discuss our final, final thoughts and appraise the album overall i very much look forward to it i hope you do too doc me too you know, before we go um i've been thinking to myself and all the people who are listening to this i think all of those people have got something they need to do um they've got something very important they need to do right now so well, i'm going to give them an instruction mm -hmm. by cloven hoof <laughs> be gone be gone <laughs>